Hello and welcome to the, well, it was the Wise Men Safe Film Club, but tonight it's the Wise Men AV Club as we delve into some of uh, the sporting TV classics um, over the past 30, 40 years. But we are going tonight, we are taking you into 2006 and on a deep dive of Danny Dyer's real football factories, building on our stellar review of 2004's The Football Factory. Uh, my name is Tom Walsh, and I'm joined, uh, as always, by Matthew Keeling. Hello. And Craig Clark. Hello, lads. Uh, yes, off, as I was saying, off the back of the success of The uh, the Football Factory, Danny Dyer was cast as this kind of footballing hooligan god and <laughs> revered by many of the uh, of the people of that ilk around the country and while his character came to a sticky end in the football factory um it does make you it did like the public was yearning to know more about this culture so who better to take on this mantle than Danny Dyer and over six glorious episodes he took us around the country meeting as he says some of the proper hard men who have real offs at football matches <laughs> <laughs> I'll play Tommy Johnson in the movie The Football Factories which was all about football violence but that was just acting. Now I'm on a journey around the country meeting the real firms who have mass offs at football matches for real. No fake blood, no stuntmen, no makeup. This time it's just me and the country's hardest hooligans. I meet the real top boys who tell you the score. I can tell you someone who would have been better. Bov, or Bover, from Green Street. <laughs> uh, have to agree there. Or, Ch- or, or obviously, Bill, Bill, Billy Bright. Of course, Bill, wouldn't he? Yeah, Billy Bright and Bover is some kind of like double act. Would I think would have? Uh, and of course, quite um, and of course, Stephen Goldsmith. Yes, well, the perfect yes. man for the job. Well, I'm expecting when this finishes. Um, him to be telling me that he either knows all the people or telling us we've got everything wrong about them and this is what really <laughs> happened. <Yeah. laughs> the inside track from the man who was there. So, essentially, this was uh, this was screened on Bravo back in the day when Bravo <laughs> was... Of course it was screened on Bravo. <laughs> that and the yeah. Towers of London documentary. What a time to be alive. Well, the, the great thing about the Bravo thing is at the end of each episode, it's uh, coming up next, always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. And it's like, what a jump culturally. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that programme was that old. No, me well, neither. No, I just no. noticed on these... Because um, it's available on YouTube and people should definitely watch this one before... They listen to us eviscerate it. Yes, uh, the the ones we're going to look at tonight. These uh, we're going to we're going to break it down. We're not going to fill your head with too much Danny Dyer because these are these are forty eight minute long <laughs> <laughs> episodes, <laughs> and uh, it was a bit too much. To, and there's just so much content to uh, to pack in. So we're going to take the first three episodes um, where he hits up the major cities um, of London, 
Like we start, we start in London, and then we move on to the northwest with Manchester and Liverpool before the piece de resistance, which is here Danny's trip to north of the border to uh, to Scotland. But as I say, we we start in. Um, Danny's hometown of London. His manor. His manor, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. London town. We do things with a bit of panache, Danny says. <laughs> a place he also describes as having... F- it's a hotbed of fashion, culture and fighting. Yeah. Um, hmm. And it's, it starts <laughs> off how... Again, it's a lot of CCTV footage of and footage from the 1980s of people in uh, people just scrapping just in general. And footage from the football factory as well. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's lots of references back to the football factory. In fact, he does so in the credits when he says, "But that was just acting." Before he tells us that he's going to meet the real. I love that men. he. Conf- I love that he confirms it was acted as well. Just in case you were. Just in case I mean, you it were. This wasn't like a yeah. like a bi- biography of him. Like he was actually playing a character, which is, to be fair, in some parts difficult to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell he's acting, but not yeah. because it seems realistic. <laughs> but as he sa- as he states, these in these in this real world, there's no fake blood, no stunt men. <laughs> <laughs> So how how all of these episodes begin is uh, mm. is like a brief history of the city of London and the the culture around hooliganism, which begins <laughs> well as we find out that goes on through these episodes. It's always the same: poor working class men have nothing to do, all their industry <laughs> has gone away. So what better way to release all that energy than fight? And then, God, and then we meet. So it starts off with the. Uh, the you know the teddy boys of the nineteen fifties, and it shows footage of the uh, the mods and rockers, and then there's a there's a delightful little skinhead on this. He says he's just looking forward to having a fight all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least he's straight up about it. Isn't yeah, he pulls no punches. To be fair to him, mm-hmm. ironically, ironically <laughs> given his <laughs> indeed. And so the uh, he he maps out the uh, the main like hooligan firms of Chelsea, West Ham, and Tottenham. Oh, sorry, Millwall, of course. Of course, the main one. Of course. And and so we're first. The first person we're introduced to is uh, Ginger Bob from the <laughs> <laughs> Millwalls. What a, n- <laughs> a nice fella. Nice fella. Yeah, he seems and, seems like a top boy, doesn't he? <laughs> but the first thing he says to Daddy, he's uh, he's from uh, Millwall's F Troop. Uh, he said, uh, "I really liked the film. I thought the uh, the scenes were like really uh, realistic." <laughs> yeah, oh, like, it's like he's trying to impress him. Oh yeah, he's desperate for them to love his. Looks his like film, an airbag. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not listening to this because that's me dead. Uh, well, <laughs> the thing is, I was. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, he also wasn't. Is this the guy who was also ex army special forces? Well. Well, he he says that this Millwall firm had like people who were like people like boxers and then like ah, special yeah. forces. Sorry, he wasn't one of them though. And as Danny keeps rabbiting on, just like because any time he interviews any of these people, he just agrees with everything he says. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you would, to be fair, with some of them. Yeah, I, mean, I would but... be agreeing with Ginger Bob, for example. <laughs> oh, the I mean... airbag. <laughs> 
He's quite an intimidating fellow. So, so Ginger Bob actually explains that uh, of all the injuries he's had of like a broken eye socket. Essentially, what he's saying, he's just had an entirely broken head because of all the <laughs> all the beatings he's had. Uh, but then Danny takes him to the scene of the uh, the football factory fight of uh, the the last scene, and as <laughs> oh yes, uh, and he keeps saying. You won't want to be caught round here. He just keeps repeating the word naughty manner. Naughty manner. Yeah, he does like saying that a lot, doesn't he? But, and so and so then it just it it goes on a, well, this is the this is the one thing about well, there's a there's a numerous thing about this series. But it's it there's just a pattern of how we're given a brief history lesson. We meet some of them. They say how it great it was in the old days and then say how bad it is in the, the new days because they can't fight. And what's the reason for that? CCTV. CCTV. In every single episode, CCTV. And, uh, well, they show, like, a little uh, montage of, like, how it was in the 80s and getting on, like, trains and all that. And then it had a panorama documentary. Oh, it's amazing, that bit. Where they just keep referring to us, the real nutters. We we might have missed another important element of this show, though. Well, two things. The talking heads that you get. There's always a professor or doctor of something from a university. And there's... In this one, Gary Bushell, who's sitting next to some Bombardier pumps and a Carlin pump that I don't know why they're there or what he's about, but he's very irritating. And also fashion, Danny likes trying some clothes on. Well, this is the thing. Well, yeah. It's a lot of footage of him looking at... um, Because he goes to this like trendy place in somewhere in London and he keeps saying that like he prefers his, uh, his clothing thin. He right. Oh yeah, like slimline clothing. Yeah, slimline right. clothing. Yeah, <laughs> I've got that written down here as well. <laughs> and the, the fella who's with him, I think it's uh, Trevor Fairweather, is like, no, you want it to actually be a bit looser than that. And like Danny's like, oh, I don't know about that. Trevor is also um, a black man, and Danny asks him, being a black skinhead, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Which I just found an astonishing question, to be quite honest. He has done no research of anyone he's gone to meet. No, he, he doesn't know that's anything about it. Obvious. He's he's like wide eyed. He is. It's like a. It's like he's been in this film, which you would have thought getting the character. Maybe they did some research and stuff, but no. In that film, actually thinking about it, there aren't any black people, are there? Uh, no. I mean, Fred's Turkish. I think that's the closest of racial diversity so we have in that film. That's absolutely right. And that's you, purely but, coincidental because Tamer Hassan happens to be Turkish. So, like, it's not like there's no theme at all in there, really, is there? No, not at all. And no. then, as we find, uh, Danny's own team, West Ham, which he mentions repeatedly, one of their most famous hooligans, who's now like an author and publisher, Cass Pennant, is a black guy. Yeah, and like, also, if you'll notice in the credits, uh, Cass Pennant is also like um, one of a consultant. So oh. they must have, ah, yes, he is. Yes, he is. So they You're must have right. gone. They must have gone through him to like see if all this stuff they're saying about is legit. But it's like, yeah, why? Do you, why are you so surprised? Why somebody describes himself as a black skinhead? I get, well, exactly. <laughs> you can, yeah, <clears throat> they literally just dropped Danny Dyer into this. Someone's done loads of research and stuff and prepared it and went right. Uh, we'll get Danny to do it because of that <laughs> film he did, and he's like, oh, what? Like, <laughs> just totally bemused. Like he's one out, just woken up from a coma or something. Uh, also, do you remember? Uh, 
a ginger bob they asked this like why why did you do it at the time it's like well if you're a hooligan you used to get all the pints and you used to get all the girls no, yeah yeah it's like as matthew said he looks like an airbag <laughs> <laughs> oh that 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 panorama stuff's amazing the voiceover on that panorama documentary where it says f troop were all the real nutters self-confessed loonies <laughs> one of them seems to be called harry the dog Yes, Harry the dog. Is he the one, one of them says, I'll put a fucking pint glass on his head. Yes. There's some wonderful quotes in that Panorama documentary. This program made me really want to watch some of the documentaries they reference. Because some of it looks actually quite interesting. And because it's from like the 70s, the production and the way the voiceover's done is like some pseudo-intellectual, snooty-nosed guy like looking down on them. And it's so funny. Yeah, it's like those kind of, uh, those films are like, the Dunners in like a nature documentary. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where they've never seen a wildebeest before, like they've yeah. never seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas so, Danny's like on the street, he's with, well, sometimes he's with them, clearly. Well, there's bits, well, but we'll get onto that. We'll but he's much that. more on the boots on the ground, isn't he? He's a bit more, you know, your Hunter S. Thompson, your gonzo journalist. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't stand above them. He's like one of the, ma- he's a man of the people. Well, I don't know, because he seems to be like, have no idea how to really <laughs> converse with these people. <laughs> so yeah, was... random. Maybe I, it... I, I... <laughs> as, as we were saying before we started, it's like, he's portrayed, like, because, the, like, I, like I said on the, uh, the Gre- uh, sorry, the Football Factory pod, it was like, we hadn't really known much about Danny Dyer as an actor, uh, as a person. So, when he, this was his major role that thrust him into the limelight. And so, everyone just kind of, oh yeah, he's like a, a nutter, he's a footballer. Yeah, he's he's like, but he's not. He's, he's not. Like, no, he's, he's just absolute an absolute wet wipe. Be like he's getting, a total wet wipe. It's just like getting Daniel Radcliffe to, oh yeah, he's a wizard. Like, no, he isn't. He, he's Harry Potter. <laughs> like, he's... <laughs> Um, they, they could have got uh, like Elijah Wood to do this. Yeah. Oh, well, they should have. They should have. They would have been more convincing, I think, because he would have really would have been. I don't think confused. it actually is Danny Dyer. I think it's just a soundboard because <laughs> he says four things. I don't know what to expect here. I am fucking shitting myself. Naughty manner and uh, well, like something something about geezers or. Like he's, oh, he's amazing! It's just brilliant. It's it, it's magnificent, and it's the the bit where he's in the clothes shop. He's just like, yeah, it's like you got to have this collar. I, I see. I just love having my collar up. <laughs> oh yeah, he loves having his collar up. <laughs> right. they, Bob also revealed because they took. There's a bit more of like the sort of makeup of London, and he hits on something where he's, again the kind of racial tension of this kind of comes to the fore when he says. Uh, like for a Millwall, like a lot of people in London, have, poor white people have moved out of London, but they're still in Bermondsey. But it's poor white people that he describes as mm. being left in Bermondsey. And I think that, like, he's kind of touching on a sort of like, although there are obviously some like kind of um, black hooligans and stuff, there is definitely something that they don't explore in this documentary is there's definitely like a racial undertone. Yeah. It's, that was always prevalent with like the, especially like the Chelsea, Chelsea contingent and yeah. then Millwall contingent. It's like, although uh, Cass Pennant does say that like when he was the only racial stuff he used to get in London mm. was when he wasn't with West Ham, as yeah. he says in it, he's he said when I'm out on the streets I'm a black I'm whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. but when I'm with West Ham I'm claret and blue, which I thought. 
I forgot about the, that. Yeah, yeah. That for was all, quite a good part actually of the documentary. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's for all. <laughs> Good documentary work there by uh, Danny Dyer's uh, producers. He finally, finally got to the bottom of the race thing. Well, I think Danny was so confused about it at the beginning. It's, it's probably it's probably not explored much further because it probably became apparent that actually Danny Dyer is not the man to delve deeper into it. <laughs> Are you questioning his journalistic tendencies no, just, and uh, credibility? I, mean, I, just, I just I question his. I just question him. I just think it's like even when he's in that shop and he decides that he wants the jacket. And he sort of shouts, he shouts over to the man, and, the, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm all right. Take this with me." Yeah, and then Block's just like, "Yeah, it's a shop." That's yeah. how purchasing <laughs> works. Like, like, yeah, you can have it. Yeah. Oh wait. He walks out with his bag, his jacket. Danny, how, how come you haven't mentioned Matt that Danny when he's trying clothes on, who he references one of your uh, favorite other people? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He mentions. Uh, well, at first he, he addresses him as uh, Billy Bright, and then realizes that he's not real, and then calls him. <laughs> And then Billy Bright, a Frank Harper, uh, he wears one of these in the football factory, and then makes some kind of the reference film which in. doesn't quite work to say that he barely took it off during filming. Oh yeah, because we were like, well, I was thinking, okay, because right. most of the film is outside, so it needs a jacket on. It doesn't make and, any like, sense. That's obviously Danny. his bit of like iconic clothing. Whereas you, Danny, got to wear that Ming and Diamond jumper. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which he almost buys another one of them in the shop. <laughs> oh, God, I love him. It's just missing so Rod King funny. coming out dressed like a vicar. And we're... Oh, my God. Well, one of the characters in one of these episodes looks a bit like Rod King, I think. Oh, yes. <laughs> but I can't remember yes. which one. We'll have to get on to it's that. In the, it's in the Scotland one, I think. Or maybe, I th- maybe oh, no, there's no, no, lots no. of them who look no, like no, Rod it's, King. It's, it's definitely, it's, well, he's definitely in the Burnley one. In oh that. yes, you're yeah, right. It is, it yeah, is. it is, in the, but yeah, it is. Okay, well, yeah, but yeah, all, more, but more on Rod King two later. <laughs> but all, <laughs> the real but Rod all King, the real Rod King. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said the. Uh, well, he said he didn't really explore much about. There are some actually good points about like hooliganism in like tucked away in this no, montage is, of stupid good, yeah. men. Yeah. But there's a bit where because they have like as you said they have like uh, like uh, a doctorate in um, someone who's got a doctorate in these kind of hooliganism or something. Yeah. Well, that well that fellow was saying I don't have his name down here, but he said the firms were kind of like grown out of Thatcherism because it was all organised and they had their own. Oh yeah. They used used the cheap rail cars to get around the country, and then they had their own business cards. Yeah. And Danny is so impressed when someone <laughs> someone hands him one of these cards. <laughs> look, at these, look at all these cheeky cards you got. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. That. That's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like Cass Pennant hands him oh. like an ice. You've been visited by the ICF card, and he's yeah. just—he's looking at it, goes like it's the greatest thing he's ever seen. <laughs> he really wants one of what says Tommy Johnson, doesn't he? He really, oh he really wants one. Like you've been visited by Tommy yeah. Johnson and Rod King. <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy in this called Ian Butch Stuttard I've got written down here and I can't remember anything else about him other than he looked a bit like Uncle Fester does that ring any bells yeah. <laughs> that came uh, soon after the uh, corporate mindset of the firm I think that's why I, 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 well, that's my known mm. chronology anyway how's that a good uh <laughs> good reference to the co- a good um, cameo by the Cockney Rejects oh, as well. The squeaky oh, yeah. voice, the squeaky voice. I couldn't stop laughing at him. 
He's a terribly, just... terribly dressed man as well. <laughs> <laughs> but and then it's a story where it's just like, oh, there was a. I mean, I don't want to doubt this man, but it's just kind of like where the Cockney Rejects would play like shows, and the ICF mm. would yeah. follow them around, kicking off with people. And he said there was about. You know, it's always a story where there's 20 of them against 300 people in, Bur- in Birmingham. It was in Birmingham, yeah. Yeah, and they all had to fight their way out of the gig. I was like, I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, in it Birmingham as well, like, <laughs> you've got the, the Zulus in Birmingham. I know that that's later on in the series we'll get to see them. But, like, that's, that's sort of a, that sort of is a story that you think 30 of you taking on 10 times that. Like, but yeah. no, not really. I don't, uh, yeah, no. Terrible doesn't seem likely, does it? Awful band as well. Terrible. And oh, speaking of Birmingham, uh, he does put on a brummy accent during this yeah, part of it, does, yeah. which is awful. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's, well, in similar vein to that was where Danny leaves the capital and goes up to Luton to uh, un- oh, yes. investigate the uh, the infamous L- uh, Luton versus Millwall 1985 uh, cup game. Where mm. the uh, they were fighting, it was all over the TV, and he meets. Who does he meet? Oh yeah, oh. it's it's the man himself. But it is isn't. It, well, it's Tommy Robinson. It's Tommy Robinson, <laughs> the man who. Uh, th- well, our the the Tommy Robinson we know now actually took his name from. Is it actually he, true? Yeah, that is that true. Is, that, that is, is true. Story, I yeah. wondered that as yeah. I was watching it, if because obviously his real name is Stephen Yaxley Lennon. Yeah, and I was wondering. Is he the influence? No, he is. Yeah, he, no, he definitely is. Yeah, that's yeah, incredible. That's, no, it's, it's a it's a well known thing that that he took. Oh well, I, I'm rubbish. Sorry, not well known yeah, by yeah. Craig. No, <laughs> I was in the ivory tower, mate. You know, one of those uh, bourgeois intellectuals or something. Uh, and so, like, uh, and also, Tommy Robinson tells this story of how like Millwall go around like smashing every window in Luton and. Uh, Probably made some improvements, actually, to Luton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Looks like they just left it as it is, then. <laughs> the last time I was there. But it's it, never it, changed. Well, it's the same thing where he says one thing, and then uh, Ginger Bob retorts by saying it was all, oh, the police couldn't handle it. It's like, yeah. well, they should, shouldn't have had this game if the police couldn't handle it. It's like, just say it was your fault. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah like... just accept responsibility. No, but he, he basically says, with a bit of a smirk, doesn't he, Ginger Bob, like, oh... Well, if they couldn't handle it, they should have cancelled the game. As in, I think that was the outcome that they were looking for. Get the game yeah. replayed because yeah. they were losing. And I just thought, oh, like, I mean, I suppose you, you're actually doing some hooliganism with a, a potential impact there rather than the usual just having a ruck for whatever reason. But, um, yeah. 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 And also, when he uh, we go back, we go back into London, and this is where he keeps going on about how like uh, London on a Saturday afternoon, every train station in London becomes a battleground, and every tube station becomes a battleground. Every single um, one. Every we saw that in one. Green Street, to be fair, because they just had a fight on a random Friday <laughs> Friday night at Bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was actually accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, it's just like. It's oh god, it's it's terrible because, and then they have that that bit. There's a bit at the end where it's just like in the police control room. It's like, oh, there's some Millwall fans coming back from Ipswich, <laughs> oh, yeah. and it's like, oh, are they going to kick off? It's like, oh no, just they've just been arrested for racially assaulting someone, <laughs> racially oh, yeah. aggravated. Yeah, 
So oh, there's uh, that racism that actually does bubble under it. And it's Millwall again, of course, who are involved in it with... And, and Ginger Bob's the one who seems to... He's not, he's not actually... Ra- well, he doesn't act racist in the, sh- in the show, but he... There's a Simmerman kind of thing yeah. there with Millwall, isn't there? There's an undertone but, constantly, isn't there? But I think it's probably something they didn't really want to explore because, to me, like, from my understanding, they wanted to... This series is just glorifying it, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. So oh, they totally don't want well, to... portraying them as celebrities, really. Yeah. Well, in well, fact, they... Danny compares the uh, stuff you were talking about with the tube and that to the film The Warriors, which he calls a proper film. Oh, God. Just a reminder that he did Pinter. Uh, he did do Pinter. <laughs> and in Pinter, maybe that's one of the lines he delivered. <laughs> proper film. But it's like, it is, I guess that kind of feeds into the idea, isn't it, that it's glorifying it, because it's like, all right, I wouldn't say Warriors is a particularly Hollywood film, but it's like making it seem like cool and yeah, like edgy yeah. and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> well, it's, it's, he goes on a bit because he meets um, uh, shout out for Trevor Tanner, the Spurs guy, who's oh, amazing. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> just this massive, he's this massive bald guy. In fairness, he looks scary. Oh, as he far. looks I'm intimidated by him. him like. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's he, still at as well, isn't he? He's not. Oh, yeah. I don't think he'd retired, unlike the others. But it's, <laughs> but is it? Although the flashback bit is amazing oh, yes. <laughs> because. Because, uh, well, to describe this man, he's an enormous, like, fella with a big bald head. And the flashback shows him with this massive <laughs> massive head of black hair and an enormous ponytail <laughs> of him throwing pint glasses out of a pub at someone. And then just... Anyway, he got sent down for that because, in his words, this grass is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was my favourite bit as well. <laughs> it's like, no, mate, the grass was the CCTV cameras. Like, literally, technology has oh. is, is spotted you. It is in the yeah. grasses. It's just bemused <laughs> it, isn't it? It's brilliant. Man. He also says that he goes to bed dreaming of fights. Oh, he is really quite intimidating. And when he says that Tottenham have got, like, the sort of best firm or whatever, what, like, whatever that means, I, I actually believe him. Yeah, if he's at the front, uh, I would... I would not I would mouth off. <laughs> I would be doing yeah. no mouthing off to him. And of all these, t- well, I've not been in Millwall, but Spurs is quite edgy. Well, it used to be around White Hart Lane, and that has gone as a non-hooligan, like obviously just a regular yeah. fan. The walk for it's, it's Seven Sisters, isn't it? The, yeah. The yeah, it's a, yeah. It's also like that street goes on forever. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like, it's, uh, it is quite, it isn't quite intimidating place it's to go. because like, the pub, isn't there? They've got their pub on, well, near the ground, and that, yeah, that street does go on for a, <laughs> an eternity, as you say. Uh, also, uh, Trevor Trevor Tanner also uh, gives a nod to the Spurs youth, who for some reason feel like their identity ent- identity <laughs> needs to be protected. So it's just this like shady black, uh, like you know that silhouette kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and then a false voice. I don't, I don't really know why they wanted to do that. Maybe it's because uh, of all the CCTV and whatnot. Yeah, but Danny, you've got to protect your identity. Yeah. Yeah, Danny closes this this episode out with his uh, kind of like Jerry Springer in like final thoughts at the end, where he's like somebody stood in an alleyway, and he's going how like how like some of those retired, but he again, as you say, he treats them as like celebrities. How like they've turned well, they've left oh, yeah. the, left the fighting behind, and now they're all like esteemed authors and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
But I'm they're sorry. Not, they're but... not, Danny. And one of them, one of them's doing an after dinner speaking circuit. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> is that Trevor? It's not Trevor Tanner, is it? No, oh, no is it Mariner, Jason Mariner, Jason Mariner. Just have to make yeah. sure that all the yeah. glasses are removed from the table before he does his started <laughs> speech. <laughs> Jason Mariner also in another nod to Green Street, that obviously a separate franchise. Hates journals. He really well, hates journals. I'm sure there's something to do with him going to prison because of like Donald McIntyre's like investigative journalism or yes. something like that. Yes, and he that really hates the media. He and was, was like, the one. Yes. He was the one that they were in. Well, uh, McIntyre was embedded with. And yeah, the, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the headhunters. Well, well. well uh, any more on the London one before oh, well, it's we? Just, move it, on. He almost does it. It's so. It's a, I think you should do these as, you know, the hop-on, hop-off hop bus tours of cities. Yeah. So you should bring these back and you should be able to get off at any hooligan stop you want and just go around <laughs> on a hop-on, hop-off bus tour with Danny Dyer. And one final shout in this episode for the fact that Danny, in every episode, goes on about his film and his film career. And at the end of this one, Trevor Tanner, who is obviously a very scary man, like no joke, says Football Factory was shit. Yeah. <laughs> but Danny was an all right like, bloke <laughs> and I was howling at that I was like what a way to round that off just like, nice on Trev I really like him for that <laughs> <laughs> well on that note we'll uh, we'll take a break and we'll when we come back we'll uh, Danny heads north hi this is Darren Williams and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast uh, welcome back to the Wise Men Say AV Club, where we're delving into uh, uh, Danny Dyer's football factories. Uh, in the first in the first half, we uh, we took in episode one, where he showed us around all his favourite sites of his manor of London. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and before we uh, we before we follow Danny up north to the northwest and uh, over the border to Scotland, um, we're just going to do a few plugs uh, once again uh, from the terraces are back open now. Um, uh, so, if you want to look better than Danny, I was going to say, if you want to buy, this series, if you want to buy clothes that are better than anything shown in this series, <laughs> <laughs> well, get yourself on there, uh, Matthew. Got, you got? Anything? Uh, is it Dave Wright? Caricatures uh, is open for business still during this. Um, still during this time <laughs> that we're having. Uh, so buy buy some buy some drawings or things from from them. Um, and you can buy beer from Maxim Brewery, obviously. We've had them, uh, they're doing like this drive-through service, which Gareth explained in some detail on the previous podcast that he did with Tom and Chris. Uh, I'll also give a shout-out to Time Mouth Coffee because I ordered a massive bag of um, some of their coffee uh, last week, I think it was, and it actually turned up on the same day that I ordered it, which yeah, I thought was fantastic. really good. It's delicious Incredible well. service. Yeah, really good coffee. Also give a shout out to the fact that if you're buying records or anything, I'm trying to, I don't know, it's a good time to be buying stuff like that because obviously you can listen to music and, and things in the house. Any local record stores, that Tim, you know, uh, obviously Tim Burgess has been doing those listening parties. He's got a website, um, Tim's Twitter listening parties or something. If you search for that, you'll be able to find the website and it's got all the record shops on there that are still selling and delivering during this time. So I've bought some stuff from Beatdown who are based in Newcastle, and there's a few others. They're in, they're in Newcastle, so they're local businesses still, and I'm sure there's so, plenty around where you are, Tom. There must be absolutely Oh, yeah, tons. tons. 
Uh, yeah, also support uh, support local bands as well. A lot of bands I've seen been putting all a lot of the material on Bandcamp, which is the place to place to really like uh, buy it because all the proceeds go to them and it helps out. Like bands are struggling at the moment. Like yeah, festival I've been doing seasons. Some, um, I've been yeah. doing bits of writing for Any Volume magazine, so there's um. There's a lot of bands in there that are doing gigs that were going to be in sort of local venues and pubs and clubs. Mm. They're now doing online, um, and they're still ploughing on with sing- single releases or on Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, things like that. So yeah, check out some local bands. Well, tell us more about this magazine as well, Matthew. I mean, so, you should put yeah, that, you so it, it's um, released monthly, um, but the May edition was released um, online only. So I managed to get they managed to get that release still, which which was great. Um, but yeah, it's mm. sort of covering any. Any culture things that are going on in, in the northeast, um, bands, single releases, any gig news. Obviously, there's no gig news, but online, online gig, gig reviews. Uh, there's been some reviews of the listening parties. Um, I've done a cool. few things myself on, yeah, some singles and some albums and EPs that have come out from from local artists. So yeah, any volume magazine on Twitter, Facebook, and cool. the web. The magazine's available uh, on their website digitally as well. Lovely stuff. Uh, now let's go back to something a bit more stupid. Um, <laughs> and it's ep- episode two. And Danny's heading up to the northwest to see the titans of northern England football of Liverpool and Manchester. And he kind of frames this episode of uh, around the, um, the 2005 FA Cup game between the two sides at Anfield. And once again, we have to go through the... Uh, the opening rigmarole of uh, working class men. The shipyards are not here anymore. Or the the docks are not here anymore, and people don't have anything to do. So he goes on about how Liverpool and Manchester have this great rivalry as cities we do, and then they also said of two uh, football, and then two like a massive powerhouses in uh, English football of Liverpool and Manchester United, with nods to Everton. And although Man City is not really mentioned much. In this. There's a bit about Main Road and Moss Side. Yeah. He does frame it around also the name of a Dickens novel, which is A Tale of Two Cities, which made me, me reminded me of that Danny isn't just a mug, of course. He's he's done Pinter, as you've already mentioned. <laughs> he knows he's Dickens. And he does pose the question just why do these cities hate each other so much? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's because the boats uh, bypass Liverpool. Apparently, it's just to the Manchester Ship Canal, which it kind of just puts down in a very like quick thing attributes everything to the ship canal before yeah he does everything in the ship canal before he goes shopping yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes of course he because, does because liverpool of course uh well they say liverpool invented the casual culture because the uh, and this is where it gets into the uh, it's because it is one thing that football hooligans love more than kicking fuck out of each other. It's looking good while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes him in. So Danny goes into a place called Tazuti in Liverpool, where in his uh, in his own words, he is loving the gear. <laughs> He's always on about the gear, isn't he? But not in the way that you would tend to think about gear. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's some great lines in this where they describe uh, An- Anfield and the cop as the terrace catwalk. Yes. Oh, yes, that's one of my favourite <laughs> bits I've got written down as well. Do you see? And also there's a bit where it goes to some hool- one of the hooligans' house who has a Sergio Tagini tracksuit framed in his house. Oh, like, I, missed, on the wall. I didn't notice that. I must have been writing something down. I'm gutted. <laughs> missed out there. 
And uh, there's also, also there's that. Well, as they're describing like the the fashion of like Liverpool, because essentially what they were saying is like Liverpool got to Europe, and what what they do, they just go mm. robbing in these places. But as they're explaining this this theory, there's like this kind of like I don't know what how to describe it, like kind of like a photo shoot of just some like dickhead in like a Burberry cap <laughs> and like a scarf over his face oh, wearing yeah, a jacket. That's Oh my god! Is it because this is when they when they run about the burglar in the shops? Somebody in this, I can't, I don't know who it says it. I've just got it written down. Scouse Vikings. Yes, <laughs> Scouse Vikings. Pillaging. Yeah, I've got pillaging their way across Europe. Because again, Beautiful. they've got they've got a like a journalist and then like a um, historian or something of uh, <laughs> whoever was yeah. available. Whoever, yeah, basically, yeah. whoever was willing to put themselves up to go through this, a program where Danny has some banter about trying on pink cardigans. Oh yeah. Oh yes, yes. Well, he said you, <laughs> he loves a pink cardigan, though, doesn't he? He does love the, a pink cardigan. And so he's he's describing the uh, the fashion of the time and saying essentially saying that hmm. nobody wears no, but like hooligans stop wearing like scarves and like shirts and whatever, and so to be to be known. Um, as a football hooligan, you wore like, like you know, your Stone Islands, Burberry's Hackett, and all this. So then Danny gives a, a very somber warning. Yes. Oh yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a straight dead to camera, and he says, "Be careful what you wear at football, or you could end up in trouble." <laughs> oh, I used to have one of them uh, Feeler Borgs as well, the green one that he holds up. So I was really oh, lucky not to get filled in. <laughs> is that the holy grail that he says did, some yeah. people think is a myth it's well, like mate you've got a hold of it in your hands know, we do know yeah. it exists you're literally holding it it's, mate it's it's a myth it's a tracksuit top made by feeler mate it's not like it's <laughs> but, uh, yeah well yeah so I had one I had the holy grail obviously if any anyone that knows me knows I am indeed hard as nails um, well, did you ever get any trouble at the match because of that feeler jacket or uh, no I just I've managed to diffuse all of it by myself oh so no, I was lucky, also, really. I, well hadn't, I hadn't listened to Danny's prior warning when I bought it either. So I was extremely <laughs> fortunate. Anything could have happened. You were putting yourself in real harm's way there. I was. I was. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't. You couldn't help for getting filled in in 2006. Well, yeah. He's just, he's just, he's just amazing. He's just a great comical little man, isn't he? He's just like <laughs> I love him. He's, I think he's great. I, I hate his clothes. He's dressed so badly in the same thing every single episode. <laughs> but it's great now that um, even as like uh, the landlord of the Queen Vic, he still dresses like a twat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a theme in his career. Whether he's doing a documentary, a film, or EastEnders, he dresses shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention that he's got dyed blonde hair in the first episode of this. Yes, oh, <laughs> he's no. got highlights. Oh, God. He? Yeah, tips. Beautiful. Oh, <laughs> uh, and so, and then we, we obviously uh, when he starts meeting the hooligans, it goes on from being like how everything's changed, how like the all seater stadiums ruined it because of the uh, one of the well the Heisel and the the Hillsborough incidents. Oh, so yes. then we meet. Um, Andy Nichols of uh, Everton's Cat C. Oh no, sorry, he's a he's a Cat C yeah. hooligan. 
banned for life <laughs> from every yeah. football stadium in England as well. But he not, actually not just like Everton, all every of them. stadium. But I would like. To, I think he seemed like a nice bloke. I like him. Yeah, of all, yeah, of he's all one of my favourite yeah, ones in the, in the programme. I like him. He's the one that. Uh, he's the one that kind of. Is he the one that's kind of let it go? He's just like yeah. Yeah, um, I think he's moved on. Yeah. There's a well, great. Tells, there's a great story as to why later in the episode. <laughs> well, he tells the story <laughs> of. Uh, of when, well, he's 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 going he's going round. He's showing Danny around Goodison Park, and he's showing uh, like the streets, like the the terrace houses and all those back streets around Everton, which he describes as a hooligan's paradise, <laughs> and, and then tells a legendary story of when Man United came in, which. But well, he said it's when Wayne Rooney played for just first played for United. Yeah, so that's what he. It was a. It was probably about a year before this was filmed. Yeah, I love how he, he frames it around as if Rooney coming back was the reason these hooligan firms <laughs> were fighting. He said, "No, mate, it's got nothing to do with that. No, absolutely nothing. It might, it might have added something to it, but probably not." Yeah, and so as he keeps repeating, he keeps repeating this uh, phrase over and over again that United's uh, Red Army <laughs> were, were great because they always had numbers. They always had yeah. numbers. That but was great used, about yeah, United. Yeah, yeah. He's obsessed about it, isn't he? He's like properly into this numbers thing. Well, it's showing his uh, hooligan knowledge and like his expertise. Uh, <laughs> and, as, and essentially, <laughs> uh, thir- 30 uh, Everton took on 200 Man United or something. And you're thinking, oh, right, okay. But then he goes into a pub and meets a man <laughs> called Ed- <laughs> a man called Eddie Beef. <laughs> Who is the worst kind of person. Yeah, he's terrible, him, isn't he? <laughs> he's, he's a Man United horrible. fan. <laughs> yeah. Is he part of Manchester United's uh, Red Army or the Inner City Jibbers, which I found to be oh. one of the particularly great names of uh, one of the firms? <laughs> jibbers what? J- it, well j- well jibbers is robbing isn't it yeah it is and they do go on about how they rob around the stadium later don't they to be fair but yeah well yeah. that's uh that's that's another <laughs> character but him and eddie beef have to say have an art have a beef, beef <laughs> in this uh, empty pub with no bar staff drinking <laughs> <Yeah>. becks <laughs> But Andy Nichols is adamant about this. Well, you always turn up in numbers. You always turn up in numbers. It's like, right, we get it, mate. <laughs> we get it, mate. Yeah, but you Eddie always Beef. use numbers for your benefit, and then you, when, it, yeah, when it doesn't work yeah. out, you always say it, it works against you because the police stop you and all this. And <laughs> It's just like, what are you going on about, mate? It's like, oh, God, it, it's like that kind of like, when you've been in a pub for too long, you end up talking to regulars at the bar where the conversation yeah. just keeps repeating over and over again. And just like no one's gonna, because they just keep disagreeing, and it's well, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. There's no agreement to be had here. Well, I'd really I was like, hoping it would I'd get really edgy, like, but nah. I'd really like to know how the conversation, like how awkward must that have been when it fil- when it finished filming, um, right? So you can go now, I guess. Do you um, reckon they did many takes? Because I don't think that was spontaneous. No, I don't know. I don't- because there was some smirking going on here, yes. I noticed. I don't know. And I wonder if that led to, like, actual laughter at some point. I wish there'd been outtakes where they actually started fighting each other. I reckon Eddie Beef would have got absolutely creamed by oh, Nichols. <laughs> Nichols would... Oh, yeah. He looks genuinely quite hard as well. Like, yeah, underst- understated hard. Yeah, like, I agree. 
Beef looked like he would like chivy or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he just didn't he look just like, a nice like an guy. absolute dick, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had uh, before. Well, uh, to be honest, this is a pretty stacked episode. Uh, before we get onto the <laughs> to the real creme de gras <laughs> of this episode, <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> but we've already had a taster of him, you know, because he's talking about fashion earlier. Yes. Oh, gonna be- yeah. He talks about fashion, and he is literally the worst dressed man I've ever seen. <laughs> As I said, basically, basically, if you were Stone Island, you're a lad. If you were Stone Island, you're a lad. But yeah. that that terrible accent we'll explain in a minute. No, you're um, quite good at the accent because you're from there. Well, yeah, I don't near wanna, enough. Yeah, I don't want to bump into him though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he could get you. He'd be could about seventy-five now. <laughs> it's only we thirty-nine are... or something in that, you know. Ah, uh, well, he'd be well, 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 in his mid-fifties now. Yeah, let's, uh, that's not going to stop him, is he? Well, let's leave. He might have changed his ways, Craig. I hope well, so. Let's let's we'll leave see that, more uh, about that. Mis- I don't even Mysteri- know who he is yet. So come on, yes, yeah, exactly. let's, <laughs> let's leave the mysterious legend to a little bit more before we talk about uh, Colin Blarney with the uh, uh, head, one of the top boys of the uh, the Red Army. <laughs> who uh, he is, you know yeah. he's a top boy because he's. His ear has a star tattooed on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, Does that mean his ears you... won the European Cup once. Yes, <laughs> the European Cup of Hooliganism. <laughs> he knocked out a Juventus top boy or something. What did you describe him as looking like, Matt, off air? Uh, Blarney. Uh, Phil Parkinson. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, because it's accurate. Yeah, if Phil Parkinson was, like, dead hard, it'd look like that. I really he... hope Phil Parkinson gets an ear tattoo. Yeah, same. <laughs> really do. Really but he... Do. Uh, he shows us round Old Trafford, and he uh, he keeps pointing at random things of where like someone lost an eye there. That was a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's a bit like sad about the whole thing. I think isn't he? Yeah, I think he realises it's all a bit tragic. Okay. Like, he also, but I also think he's disappointed that it doesn't really happen much anymore. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think that's he's wistful. He's showing all these like alleyways. It's like, oh well, we used to put them down here, and like it, coppers could get nowhere near you. Like, <laughs> he's people, it, doesn't yeah. He? There's just fast food stands down there now, mate. Yeah, people are selling <laughs> shit scarves, yeah. half and half scarves. Which, although he was did say in his glory days of the Red Army, if the merchandise stands were selling scarves, they'd just ransack them. Yeah, gibbering. Oh, that's nice. Gibbering. And they're taking the money. So he was saying if there were any shops or vendors around Old Trafford, the firm used to take a cut of it. Yeah. Very, uh, very like, mafioso. Just turning up and... Grabbing cash out the tills and that, like, <laughs> unbelievable. Well, <clears throat> it's a, before uh, Danny takes a trip to uh, to the sunlit lands of Burnley. Uh, Which he describes as unknown territory. <laughs> 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 he never thought he'd be on the F-62. <laughs> I think Danny's confused. He's, like, he's out of his manner now, isn't he's he? Never he's never been out like, of Cannon Town, oh, has he? No, but, but before we go to Burnley, we must we must talk about yes, the uh, the Man United Liverpool game, which uh, before we mm. get out to it, it's an, an amazing example of police tactics and how the police are really good at like sorting all this like hooligan element out. But Danny Dyer is not at this match. No, he's no, absolutely he's not. not. He's just lying. <laughs> he's lying about being at a game he wasn't at. <laughs> while reenacting things by walking a bit edgily at the cameras <laughs> if he's going to sling a left hook. 
I was absolutely howling at the reconstruction of where he like <laughs> he stood he stood at one uh, of the um, the turnstiles and he's, he runs out as if he's yeah, one of them. That's what I mean. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and there's bits where like they're trying to just talk about what happened after the game and people are like, where are they? Where are they? And uh, oh, they're nowhere to, to be seen. You you fucking mank you mank hunt or something like you just hear this like. <laughs> Howling at it. <laughs> oh, man. But again, he also says in this one that train stations are um, like war zones. And then it just shows the police, like, <laughs> calmly escorting football yeah. fans to and from Piccadilly to uh. Lime Street. <laughs> in and fact, said, one of them gets told off. They're like, well, if you go on like that, you won't be getting on any train. <laughs> and they're all just like, head just down. Right. Right. These yeah, aren't even uh, hooligans. So, they're just normal people. Sorry, mate. It's unreal, like, because they are just shots of random people. Just people in Burger King. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're literally doing no harm at all, like, getting searched, because that's what happens at football games. But they're trying to make it seem like this is the hooligan element. I think it's a woman. Now, I'm not saying women can't be hooligans, but as we see throughout the course of these episodes, there isn't a single woman involved no. in this. And it is very yeah. much a man's domain. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually like white fat men. Yeah. That's yeah. Usually what it is. Most of them have had severe amount of hair loss. So after <laughs> after Danny's uh, big well for the big ructions at Man United Liverpool, obviously nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> he takes he takes a trip up the M sixty five to uh to Burnley. And Danny oh, yes. is nervous. He What are the is, Burnley what are the Burnley squad called? Uh, the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, yeah. 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 Which, which they describe as a rape mad name that came from suicide <laughs> bombers in Lebanon in 1983, I, which I, I thought, thought was, was amazing. Very thought, similar. I can see <laughs> where they got the name from. I thought that was excellent. That was like the best reason. <laughs> that like, was when so he's talking funny. about it, he's like, so someone said that and we thought, that's great, that. And within 10 minutes, we had the cards printed and it was sorted. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, as we were as we were describing before, uh, we meet oh, he's the start. We well, he is bricking it, but he's we're we before Danny's introduced to Burnley. We meet the oh, star yeah. of the show, which is thirty nine year old Andy <laughs> Porter. He he is Burnley through and through. He is banned for every ground in the country, <laughs> and he just <laughs> loves he loves fight. He loves two things: fighting and going to prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he likes the latter. He just ends up there as a result of his love of the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> but he, ta- he takes us around a, t- a tour of uh, the back streets of Turf Moor and all that. And then Another uh, person with his love of urban geography. Because yeah. s- no, the away fans didn't know what were these roads, but we did. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he shows him like uh, it, it. Also, he gets out like they they doing a lot of these. They get out of the clippings and all that. But there's also mm. a picture of him in his house holding an AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> what? This man is dangerous. Like genuinely he scary. Is a oh, bloke, absolute like. lunatic. This fella. Like <laughs> yeah, this is a person that I like. I don't want to bump into this guy because he kind of scared me. I, I mean, think I, as well, like, like Danny does have because you can tell some of these vox pops have been done where Danny's not involved because yeah. you see them before Danny's nervous about meeting them, and when Danny says that he's nervous because look what I've got with me, uh, I've got you who's about as beefy as a Rizzler paper, 
a, tre- a treacle, as he describes, yeah. I presume a woman, and <laughs> what's the other one? A man with a clipboard. Gear, gear, so obviously gear, Danny's, Danny's firm's looking a little bit like lightweight, and he's obviously seen Andy Porter and thought, shit, this well, man the, he is, is yeah. very dangerous. Well, the thing is, it doesn't really make much sense because, like, you get to know, like, Andy Porter at first, and then you meet his two sidekicks, Mick and Simon. <laughs> Mick and Simon, one of those looks like Rod King. Yes, yeah, that's it's right. one of them. It's make make it's Rob, Mick, yeah. Simon's the one who thinks that uh, football violence is better than sex. Yeah. Yes. If you offered me sex with a nice blonde, I'd say no. I love farting. <laughs> I love that Tom can do these accents so well. That's great. That's yeah. it. Brilliant. Tom, Tom getting filled in next time he goes to Burnley. No, oh, just yeah. getting filled in because they can get from Burnley to there. Uh, yeah. Tom's <laughs> locale very easily. No, he won't know how to do that. <laughs> Actually, I don't think they leave leave their manner ever, apart from away games. So, yeah. well, this guy, this guy will be fifty now. I, I don't think that would stop him being a total head case. Like, got his son really to deal don't. with. Got his son oh. to deal with now. Tom. Oh, God. oh yeah, shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm fucked. <laughs> I mean, there's another bit. There's a bit of social like the sort of. I mean, it's oh. done in a really terrible yeah. way. But he talks about social deprivation, and but there's a lot of like horrible kind of voyeurism of like looking at a really it's the town is very deprived it's gone down like massively but he does say it's it's a breeding ground for hooligans and he's kind of right these people literally have nothing else going on in their lives do they he he also says when he's going on about this uh, social deprivation he also says people in Burnley still live in derelict houses it's like (laughs) yeah no they don't (laughs) no they don't (laughs) It's like, mate, have you been... Obviously, Upton Park still was around at this time. It's like, it's not exactly really nice around Upton Park, mate. Like. It's pretty fucking rough in parts of London. <laughs> he really he offends them twice, does Well, he offends them oh, once he does, to, yeah. his, to his face. Yeah, he, he does. you're a pretty small club and an unknown firm on a national scale. Yeah, and he then, keeps calling him your little firm in yeah. a really patronising way. I'm like, yeah. have you seen this man? Please and stop then, doing that. And then after he leaves the pub, he goes... Um, He's obviously really passionate about Burnley, which, uh, let's be honest, it must be pretty hard to be. And it's like, yeah, I, you just slammed off the whole town of Burnley there. Yeah, absolute bastard. But There's why also some good tattoos here, by the way. town, Danny Dyer. When, yeah. when you talk about Andy, Andy's tattoo as well, yeah. his next tattoo. Oh, these are... These are... Oh, sorry, go on. Tell us about Andy's tattoos, because I've also got... Uh, Another Dan. man's as well. Another yeah. man's tattoo. Andy, Andy's got an England flag on his neck. Yes. Which is one of those ones that makes him look as edgy as he is, like, and I'm sure that's one of the reasons that he got the tattoo because it is it is a pretty edgy tattoo, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. What about well, the other one? I know exactly which one you're thinking of, yeah. Tom. I think. Well, it's when Danny goes. When Danny meets these people, obviously, he hasn't he clearly hasn't been briefed by his producers of what these no, people yeah. are like because he doesn't no. seem to know anything about them. That's probably why he keeps insulting them. It's, it's again, it is, it's like he's literally being dropped into planet Earth and like, he's, it's like an alien and trying to, you know, he's, he just doesn't have a clue about football hooliganism. It's unbelievable. <laughs> These, uh, yeah, so the fella he meets in, in the cricketer's arms oh. in, uh, in Burnley, so that's one for me not to swear into. Ever go in, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bloke telling a story of how I can't remember where where this game was, but a police dog oh, was wow, yeah. bite, bite oh, his yeah. leg, 
and he picked up the police dog and threw it at the police. And he's got a tattoo <sighs> saying... He says, I really don't like... I, really don't I, I, hate, I hate him. I hate him. I hate, I hate him. I hate the police. So he's got a fuck the police Ugh. tattoo. I thought it was going to be an ACAB tattoo, but it's probably too, like, punk and edgy for that. No, it just literally says, fuck the police. Fuck, fuck the police, yeah. And this is the bit where... And it pans back to Danny, who's like... He stood up with a pint in his hand, but everyone else is sat down, not talking to him. Yeah. Yes. And, it, and it's like, this looks well awkward. Yeah. And he's... <laughs> <laughs> They, yeah, they probably think he is what he is, which is a fucking idiot. Well, I, I bet at first they thought, oh, well, we did the... Because f-, he goes in and it's like, well, I hope they like the film. Oh, he's obsessed with the fucking yeah. film, isn't he? Well, that's the only reason he's doing this series. <laughs> 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 and it's like... And I think, I think they would have thought, oh, well, maybe he was like a hooligan... Like before he did the film, or like something like that, and they turn and they must have clocked that no, this guy's just an actor, so he, he doesn't really know nothing. Much. He supports West Ham, but that's probably the edgiest thing about him. Yeah, this guy, this man's done Pinter. He's not <laughs> one of us. <laughs> Pinter, <laughs> pint, pint, <laughs> but uh, and also we meet like uh, we're also introduced a bit to. Um, Sandy Porter's like <laughs> rapid, like bulldog son, yeah. and he's just saying, God. and he's like, because there's a lot of this in in, uh, especially in the Scottish one, where like people don't want their like the sons to go into it. Yeah. Whereas this guy's like, no, if he wants to go into it, like he knows the risks, but it's up to him. I was like, and, and his son's there, like, yeah, I'm a hooligan. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, go into it. And it's like, oh like, god. And uh, what, there's some other youths, isn't there? One of them's talking about how he was at Southampton and he got clocked on CCTV and, and got arrested. Yeah. And he the looks a little enemy. bit... Yeah, he looks a bit like... Um, what's he called? Anthony's mate in the royal family. Oh, Darren. Is that what he's called? Darren. Yeah. The, the dopey one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, He's now Kirk in Coronation Street. That's the yeah. fella. That's Is the it? guy, yeah. Oh. <laughs> He looks a bit well, like it, but well, maybe he didn't look like him. <laughs> well, we we return this this episode closes out by returning to uh, Everton's finest, Andy mm. Nichols, who uh, it turns out is a is a redeemed man, um, and he's given up the game. Um, well, can so- someone please uh, refresh my memory of why oh, he's yeah. uh, given so, up the game or the moment? Yeah, so he was at um, he was at a game. <laughs> And uh, I don't know if he was getting in a bother or, or what, but uh, a policeman came up to him and said, um, weren't you arrested here in 84? And he, he went, yeah, we, yeah, were you? Or he goes, yeah, were you at the game? And he goes, no, I was at school. Don't you think it's about time you grew up? Well, there you are. And, he, and that was the moment. Decided to. Uh, yeah, it, it all dawned on him right then. I should that stop moment. doing this. And, uh, and, and, he, and he did, and that, to be that, fair. Yeah, yeah. He gave it up, but he still hangs on to that fight of the Everton Valley with the United fans. Well, the United fans, but had, they're always good for numbers. <laughs> <laughs> they always use numbers to their advantage. <laughs> give, give the, <laughs> I'll give them that. Well, while Andy Nichols thinks uh, maybe it's, he's old, too old to... Uh, to be still doing this. Danny Dyer's not because he's going to Scotland in episode three. Yeah, so Danny Dyer's going up to Scotland into the uh, the big cities of uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh and uh, Aberdeen. 
And he uh, he start he starts in Glasgow, obviously, and we have the uh, the crash course in sectarianism um, of why <laughs> <laughs> Celtic and uh, mm-hmm. Celtic and Rangers hate each other. And he describes Scotland as both beautiful and brutal yes. uh, in regards to uh, and this. So already, already within moments of this of this. Uh, of this episode started. There's some great names from uh, of Jimmy McTaggart from the ra- yes. Rangers yeah. Rangers ICF, who's also banned from every Rangers game for forever. Um, I thought he looked a bit like Rod King. Like if Rod King went a bit wrong in the face, <laughs> <laughs> went a bit wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, not that Rod's right, but you know what I mean. He just had a bit of the Rods about him. If Rod was a bit older. These uh, the guy, the, the the Celtic guy they meet, John O'Kane. The uh, he's actually in a much better documentary about hooligans mm. in or the old for. It's uh, by it was well, it's done by Vice, so it's obviously oh like, like a professional production values are a bit better. Yeah, and the the depth of research is a bit better. Um, <laughs> yeah, you mean there has been some. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the person presenting it actually knows something about the subject he's covering. <laughs> well, as as you'll find, Danny does know a lot about it because, in his own words, I support a passionate club, West Ham. I, <laughs> would, I understand what passion is about. This is powerful. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he st- he stood outside Ibrox and he said, "You can really taste it. You can s- you can oh, smell yeah. it." <laughs> and then he's running out of things to say. He's like. <laughs> Duh! <laughs> I, I was um, I was at this point I was a little bit dubious as to whether he was going to be at the game again but it looked like yeah, he had I an actual actually, ticket this yeah. time well, I thought there was a, a particularly one thing that was worth mentioning in, in the history bit of this was when someone's described by a voiceover on some kind of news reporter saying someone had his head struck with a meat cleaver yeah, like, we're really getting a flavour here of how violent this one is. Like, pretty nasty. But naughty. Uh, no, naughty. indeed, indeed, indeed. As Danny probably does say. But now, as we're three episodes in, uh, we we kind of we're used to the, like the formula and how this goes. It, it really is set in stone of the history. Speak to some lunatics. Oh, all <laughs> CCTV CCTV's ruined the game. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and then uh, Danny's final thoughts at the end, which is him but again he, stood down an alleyway. But uh, this time, because he really does get to go at the game, we get some great lines out of him. Like he really, he was getting really pumped up before the game, and he really wants to go in and have it. So you're not going to have it, as we've seen. You're an absolute wimp. <laughs> I just declared it. Uh, just for clarity, he's got um, he's got a ticket for the old firm game in the Celtic end. Oh, sorry, yeah, we hadn't hadn't uh, built that. What he wants to have is some sectarian violence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he comes out of it thinking it's like being pumped full of drugs. Drugs <laughs> yeah. unspecified. Yeah. Don't know which kind, but he's pumped full of them. There's a there's a great bit though where he brings uh, John O'Kane along to the. Uh... <laughs> The old firm game, and he's just stood. He's just stood outside Ibrox because obviously John can't go in because he's banned. Yeah. And but then he turns out it's like Danny's got a ticket. Yeah, just give it to him. Yeah, then the actual <laughs> fan. Well, maybe not. Well, Aiding actually, and abetting yeah. violent men is probably not the, <laughs> the best thing. 
I noticed as well during some of the uh, montage sequences, there was just a random shot of a couple of Rangers fans having a wee against the stadium wall. <laughs> I was like, why is that in this? <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit after it where he goes, uh, like, uh, Celtic Wood. And he, he says, oh, yeah. oh I've, I've got to go to Bridgeton now. And he, so he's in mm. the he's in the car again because I don't think he's ever met these people. And he's, he's, he's got to meet Jimmy McTaggart, the most <laughs> Scottish man imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes how, how like scary is of it and then he walks in this pub and he's like with a pint of the local brew I was back to my normal self and he's just had a sip of tenants <laughs> and he's taking photos of people and he's flicking <laughs> the V's yes flicking a sip the of tenants and he's flicking the V's at the camera and he's also he's, back back. he's quickly gone from wanting to have it pumped full of drugs to when he's sitting in this car he's like oh well, I'm, it's not a really a great idea to go from being with the Celtic to the Rangers. Right. And I ain't too happy about it, but I don't care. <coughs> so wait, the there's divide. a lot of conflicting emotions, yeah. He's, but it's like, one minute you want to have it, mate. Next, you're scared of meeting a man in a pub. Make your mind up. <laughs> the bit where he stood outside. This is before it transpires. He actually has. He's got a ticket for the game. He's going to go. Uh, he's wearing just like you can see everyone just so up for it. And he points to like the woman doing the <laughs> the car steward and just like look at her. She's going to nut someone in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Even she's up for it. She's directing traffic, mate. She's like literally she's doing Danny, her job. Danny, she isn't. Like, and there's nobody about. <laughs> Did he go to this game at like eight in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll get some footage when there's no one there, so that I'm not under threat. There's a good, there's a great bit where he meets Jimmy McTaggart in the um, in the Rangers pub, and because it's been like a half two kickoff, and so he comes outside. It's like, oh, do you reckon it's going to get like a bit naughty later? <laughs> and you're just like, there's nobody on the streets, and it's just the guys like, oh yeah, yeah, there'll be some fights in town, and it's yeah. like they probably won't. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, well, there's obviously no nothing going on here because it's a Rangers area and we've just lost. <laughs> yeah. Like, what does he expect to be happening? <laughs> just, just people scrapping with each other. <laughs> So, oh yeah, a load of the Green Brigade have just stormed up the street. <laughs> They're coming along for a pint, Danny. Yeah. No, just, oh dear. Bless, bless I should him. have had Mickey Loff on for this section. Mickey Loff would have been in his element. Oh yeah. Mick, Mick <laughs> was there. Appearance. <laughs> Mick was Despite there. Despite him probably being, well, I don't know what, 10 when this was made? Right, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was literally just conceived and straight away he was at the old firm with Jimmy, <laughs> fighting Jimmy McTaggart. <laughs> <laughs> but we leave we leave the the badlands of glasgow and we head up north to aberdeen where yes. he uh where he meets uh what's he called jay allen a uh a man who was uh <laughs> part of uh what was uh, aberdeen's firm what were they called here oh what? the Aj- Aj- aberdeen soccer casuals soccer, soccer casual yeah, yeah what a, and this man retired name. in 1986 didn't he, he was he's retired quite a long time ago so yes, well, he well, seems a bit weird to me. We'll learn his. That we'll was when Aberdeen retired, wasn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> but then we, that was then good. It, that matter, liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but then it turns out it wasn't Liverpool that invented casual firms at all. It was Aberdeen, Aberdeen. for some reason. Which this, the thing is with Aberdeen, because the narrative of uh, this series is how like working class 
kids with nothing else to do go fighting but they just they spoke about Aberdeen as this like really like boom town where yeah. everyone was yeah. loaded so it kind of goes against and also Aberdeen were like mint at the time yeah <laughs> yeah and he yeah because he, he goes on about them having all this money doesn't he so apparently you can't buy clothes in Aberdeen so they have to get a train to London which is fucking a long train journey <laughs> in the 1980s the longest it's, train possible yeah they're like going from Aberdeen but the paves weren't exactly paved with gold but the shops were filled with treasure in London <laughs> costume <laughs> more shopping yeah more shopping just Danny Danny doesn't try any clothes on at this point because he's already tried the, the, the cardigans and things on so he doesn't need to but the uh, the the folks at Aberdeen, even though they did have a a hard hooligan firm, were not really um, not really revealed by the men of Motherwell Saturday Service. No, they don't like them. No. Because apparently Motherwell's uh, Matt, we're introduced to Matt Johnston of Motherwell's uh, Saturday Service, who was a skinhead at the time and described uh, described Aberdeen for wearing normal clothes as a bunch of poofs, which is. Uh, <laughs> I just, I find it astonishing that like, he didn't just say it once, he says it twice. <laughs> but he, he quickly, they quickly found out that they weren't because they could fight as well. Uh, but appa- always... apparently that's assuming, of course, that, um, uh, well, I'm assuming by poofs he's referring to homosexuals. He must think that they can't fight. No. Only heterosexual men can. But whatever <laughs> these men are, they can fight. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great bit where he's like they're explaining like the casual culture and where like they used to write like really catty letters to each other in a magazine <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just like what world is that where they're just I, like ooh I also love how these uh, people dressed in sort of like decent gear that they've bought in London uh, uh, the catches the police out the, ca- the police <laughs> yeah. are unaware because <laughs> They're wearing nice clothes. So you can still see them throwing the punches, like, come on. It's like in The Simpsons where they're driving along and he turns off the lights and it's like, oh my God, it's a ghost car. <laughs> <laughs> the, the police in Scotland were very, like, despite, uh, well, obviously, well, they haven't got the CCTV in the 80s. They also don't have any policing skills at all. They're just rubbish. <laughs> they are rubbish. The uh, the Aberdeen firm as well are obviously don't they don't know when they've been um, infiltrated by a journo either. <laughs> oh, you mean Aslan the lion? <laughs> <laughs> He's horrible, him. I, I was going to say he looked like a member of a prog band. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he looked like something out of Phone Jacker as well. Prog <laughs> <laughs> band. <laughs> oh no! Well, this fella. Oh my god, he does as well. This fella, Andy Colvin, is a was a journalist, <laughs> and they showed a picture of him at first. <laughs> right, I'm trying to describe this guy. Imagine if Hag, imagine if Hagrid had like <laughs> had like bleach blonde hair. Imagine if James May joined Pink Floyd. <laughs> A lot of weight on. <laughs> He's a blamange. <laughs> but obviously, he didn't look like this at the time he was in the firm. He looked like just a, a puddin'. You see a picture of him, and he just looks like a puddin'. <laughs> <laughs> 
god. He's my favourite person in the whole documentary, I think. <laughs> He doesn't say anything interesting. It's just a look at him. No, because at first when he's like walking through the town, I was looking at him like, wow, that guy looks a bit weird. And then he just cuts to him being interviewed. (laughs) I was going to mention there's a really weird, just normal person in the street. (laughs) (laughs) But he's he's a a prog journal man. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, please watch it even if you can't stomach watching the whole series <laughs> episode 3 <laughs> just like skip through it until you see Aslan and you'll know what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh man yeah so he was the original trailblazer in uh, infiltrating these hooligan firms and he seemed to know he, well, he didn't really say if he got in any fights mm. uh, because his papers no, said not to break the law, but he uh, he damn fine grassed a lot of people up. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. Oh, oh, Which results in... What, what does it result in? A draw full of death threats and a draw... But also, oh, people well. who want him to then come and cover their firm. Yes. And he has to pontificate on whether has he fueled the beast? Has yes. he fed the animal that is the hooligan firm? And he's left to think about that. Before <laughs> knocking out a nifty baseline, <laughs> <laughs> while playing key, while playing a guitar, <laughs> covering Rush songs. <laughs> this is also another before before we head back to uh, Edinburgh because it's a kind of there's oh, kind God. of a bit where it uh, it kind of spars off between uh, Hibbs and uh, Aberdeen. Oh, yeah. But uh, for another mm. interesting fella is a fella mm. called uh, Dan Rivers, who's another Aberdeen hooligan, and he's just got the most magnificent, like, flowing ginger curtains <laughs> for, for like a man who's, be... like, 45. <laughs> he looks like a poet. He looks like a character who... out of Still Game. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking he's going to start singing, like, he looks like the singer from Keen. <laughs> What was their song called again? That one that they did. Oh. Oh, no. Well, he sang it. <laughs> he, Richard, Richard sounds... drop in a Keen song there. Oh, yeah. Drop in Somewhere Only We Know. Yes, yes. that's yes. it. And he yes. also d- sounds like he's faking the accent. Doesn't sound yeah, good. Yeah, doesn't sound like yeah, a Scottish yeah. accent. I was like, there's something up here. He's a plant. That, sounds like, that could sound like a man who's worked in, like, oil but now has to work in, like, London all the time. Mm. So, like, yeah. his accent's, like, kind of uh, faded. If you are oh, listening... Oh, yeah! Andy Colvin has to explain his Glaswegian accent, doesn't he? And oh. he uses oil as a reason. Doesn't have to explain the fact that he looks like he belongs <laughs> in a, like, rock band. <laughs> I'm just doesn't on tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just playing Aberdeen. Well, obviously, with all the oil money, we're doing a residency. It's a bit like what you get in Vegas. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, I can't. I need yeah. to stop talking well, about Colvin. <laughs> uh, well, we've got Dan Rivers, and he's. Uh, <laughs> we have Dan, Dan Rivers. Dan Rivers on one hand, and then also in in uh, for Hibs, we have. Um, well, there's two Hibs. There's uh, <laughs> Derek Dykes, who owns the. Uh, who owns the uh, the boxing gym, which Danny, oh, yeah. which Danny is very, wow. uh, <laughs> very uh, <laughs> impressed by the sign on the gym door, which says, 
<laughs> live, uh, live as if you're a Russian peasant in a French patisserie, and he looks both. He both looks delighted and incredibly <laughs> confused by this by this statement. He's expecting to meet some kind of fellow actor or thespian or poet, someone who also does Pinter, perhaps. <laughs> well, well, sorry, I do apologise to Derek Dykes because Derek Dykes is is a uh, one of the top boys for the Capital City Service. That's correct, but the. The man who owns the gym is actually, well, he is an actor called Bradley Welsh. That's right. Uh, Matthew knows a bit more about this fella. Well, yeah, so if anyone else has, like me, seen everything Danny Dyer has ever done, uh, (laughs) he did a a series called Danny Dyer's Deadliest Men. Um, Can I also at this juncture just say, forget the football theme. Let's make these all about Danny Dyer and do it. We'll do some on that as well. D- D- Danny Dyer's Deadliest Men is 100% worth doing, particularly for the Sam McCrory episode, which we can talk about off air and as to why. Um, but the. <laughs> um, yeah, so this fella, Declan Welsh, he, he does a. I can't remember why he does the episode on him, but he's obviously hard as nails. And he was also. But he in, looks solid. Yeah. He, he was also in. I think he was a talented. I might be wrong. I think he was a talented boxer, and then mm-hmm. got involved in other things off out of the ring, etc. Um, and then he was he was in Trainspotting two, apparently, which I yeah, couldn't, really, I couldn't he... remember. But I found out earlier when I googled him because of the because of the connection to Danny Dyer's Deadliest Men, and he is also dead. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean Danny... that's quite sad, really. It was the way Matthew delivered it, though, in his. The emphatic. <laughs> yeah, he said um, he was yeah, murdered. I think. Wow. Yeah, in shot a gangland. In, shot in the Jesus. head. Yeah, which is sad. I think you so. get a real sense of what these sort of, sort of these people are kind of like world they're operating in from that story more than you do from this series, to be honest. Yeah, I mean the the thing on I haven't seen it for a while, but I was in, I was putting some stuff in the loft earlier, and I, I came across the Danny Dyer's Deadliest Men DVDs that I have. And um, yeah, I remember the I remember the, the 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 episode. Obviously, does go way in depth, and I am now going to watch it immediately after this. Oh yeah, please do. Oh, apparently, I'm not. Back. Beggy's well, heard me say that, and apparently, I'm not watching it immediately after. This. You will be though, because it's going to be. It's important that we keep these podcasts alive, and you're going to have to watch it. Well, that's later it. at yeah. some point. So, <laughs> well, you can tell da- Becky that from me. I will tell her that from you. Well, as Danny uh, enters the gym, he's introduced to uh, Mr. Welsh by by Mr. Welsh decking one of those uh, boxing machines to demonstrate how hard he is. And Danny is like a little kid. It's like, he's made the dial go around twice. It's gone around twice. (laughs) That is a brilliant moment. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a delighted (laughs) man-child. There's also a great bit in it where he's in Dundee and he can't get his head around why there's one firm for two teams. Oh, he just like, his, cannot get his head around it. Can't get his head around it. He's like, I just can't, I just can't do it. It's so close. Th- that ground's there and, and this one's here. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. He's like, looking up and down that, the street and the camera's yeah. looking up. And, yeah, it's great. It's amazing. He also makes a great line that we, we didn't mention when he's in Aberdeen. He's on the seafront, right? And I think he's mocking Aberdeen because he's like, oh, yeah, it's lovely here. And then it's like, actually, it looks quite nice, that beach, mate, you twat. And then goes, oh, 
It's absolutely taters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really enjoyed that line. <laughs> yeah, also that line, la- that he doesn't really... He's, de- he's demeaning Aberdeen before it cuts to a segment of saying how, like, how rich Aberdeen is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> They live in derelict houses here. Hates <laughs> Aberdeen and Burnley. Who ironically <laughs> fought each other in the Europa League qualifying a couple of years ago. God, I bet uh, that fight was mental. <laughs> I was going to say, if Burnley were going to get anyone in a Europa League game, <laughs> that is the most Burnley team to get. <laughs> they lost as well. <laughs> they lost the away goals, I think. <laughs> the fucking Eddie Port was fucking yeah. about that. No, well, he didn't go. He doesn't care about the result, Craig. He just cares about his manner. That's true. <laughs> well, Derek, Derek Dykes and uh, <laughs> Flowing Locks Dan Rivers tell us about how Aberdeen were the uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the main mob until the, until there was a like a fizzing rivalry with uh, Hibernian. Um, also, Danny Dyer describes it as Hybian, which really does me. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I hate it when he says that. Yeah, Hybian. Just like no, no. <laughs> it's just wrong. It's not even. It's not <laughs> even close. It's completely wrong. He says it's, something else like that, and I can't remember what it is, and it really annoyed me as well. Says a lot of things, Craig. He does, he? yeah. Really, <laughs> he's a right dickhead. <laughs> no, no, I love him. Take that back. I love him too. And so essentially they're doing, uh, they're just showing like people around, it's another one of these like things of where we used to kick people's heads in kind of uh, tour of Edinburgh Waverley Station where you'd have like a lookout and he just, this oh, Derek, I love Dy- the lookout. Derek Dykes especially is where he's on the bridge above Edinburgh Waverley Station, it's like yeah you used to have a lookout here and you could see Aberdeen, it's like uh, they were good times. They were good times. Oh, Just yeah, like, he looking wistfully into the sky. Because <laughs> now he's never it, allowed like... to go to a Hibs game ever again. It's like, it's like the bit in the football factory, isn't it, when Billy looks into the pub and they're having the meeting without him. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking at his own past. He's he a, can't he's ever. A, no, he's a spent force now. Yeah, he's a spent force. <laughs> There's another good bit of urban geography in this one around uh, Leith, where he's talking about the streets where there's a bit is that, that's exactly what you're talking about isn't it that street where he's, he's remembering because it's Waverley where he's remembering a bit that, there's, there's two bits there there's a separate bit in Leith as well where he does the same and he's on about like all these little back streets and yeah. how you could corner people and that and you're like yep this is exactly the same as the last episode except you've got a really strong accent yeah. <laughs> and it, it also goes to a street where the away fans used to come out at, um, at Easter Road it goes I've had some of the best times of my life on this street. Say, <laughs> like Derek, mate. Come on. Come, mate. And then uh, <laughs> he described, uh, like, well, the reason why all this, like, rivalry between Aberdeen and Hibs, like, sparks is because someone, in their words, like, nearly died. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was horrible, yeah. that, wasn't it? And then he go- and the just goes, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a shame, that. It well, goes, <laughs> goes lo- loads of people said he died. He didn't. He was just in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, it still sounds pretty horrible. Uh, all right, all right. Oh well, that's all right then. And yeah, at he no was point taking... can I think Dan Rivers was any involved in any of this? He just no. doesn't look like someone who was involved. It was like he was taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. He was then taken to a better hospital where doctors upgraded his condition to alive. <laughs> 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 but 
well, this, well, meant, then... this meant the uh, the luxury shopping area of Edinburgh, Princess Street, was no longer safe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As this rivalry well. quite like, literally exploded. Like when he goes, <laughs> like when he's on about that pub, we just appeared from nowhere. It's on the corner of Princess Street, mate. It's oh, the busiest. Oh, yeah. was, like, uh, also, I've been, I've been in that pub. It's well yeah. expensive. Oh, yeah. it's, a Nich- it's a Nicholson's pub, isn't it? I'm sure. It yeah, is, it? it is really expensive. When he talks about, I love the metaphor that he uses where he says, we, describing him and his his brethren were like rats coming out of the sewer. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised you're calling yourselves rats. I mean, it's apt, but, you know, never mind. <laughs> and then there was, uh, well, then it, well, someone took it a bit too far. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. when someone turned up, uh, <laughs> when Aberdeen <laughs> turned up with a petrol bomb. Oh, no, on Princess Street. Hibs. It was Hibs threw a petrol bomb on the busiest street in Edinburgh. And, and everyone was like, yeah. We're probably taking a bit too he's, far. He's laughing about too it. Far again. There's a th- they, they always do this. You, you've ruined it now. You've spoiled it. You've spoiled he's it he's for laughing everyone. Though. He's like looking around going, it was probably about as busy as it is now. This is like flocks of people. It's like, mate, throwing a petrol bomb into a bunch of civilians is not advi- advisable, really, that's at all. not really well, okay. Na- well, nowadays, that's literally a terrorist act. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you were perf- you were a proto-terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's some people that, for all the the fighting and the adrenaline and all this, there's some people that like to step away from the carnage and leave <laughs> that that life behind. And that man is uh, former <laughs> Aberdeen soccer casuals. Uh, fr- I was going to say front man, but I'm thinking of the wrong person. <laughs> oh, J- Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Morrison. <laughs> no, it's actually uh, Jay, it's Jay Allen who we met in the uh, earlier in the show, and he's he's, oh, yes. he, he's the one. He's like the complete Boring outlier. Him. It's an entire se- yeah, <laughs> it's an, it's an entire series where he got arrested once and sent to prison, and he felt this overwhelming sense of shame uh, on his yeah. family and his girlfriend, and so. He stopped completely, and he now runs a hotel, and he's a community councillor. And it's just which like, involves running the toilets, and I'm yeah. not sure what that means. Well, is that the same? It's like running in a firm. It just runs at the toilets. Could be. Well, good good luck. Uh, good luck Well, yeah. we have to go back to Dundee though, because Danny's going to go to a Dundee match, and that is one of the best parts in the whole show. <laughs> well, he was planning on going to a Dundee match. Mm. But the old Bill know I'm here. <laughs> You're just an actor, Danny. <laughs> you literally couldn't fight anyone. He's so ridiculous. He can't. There's a man who's got, called Steve McGurk got, as well, who looks got, like Churchill the dog. But he even got kicked the fuck in the film in what he was supposed to be. A f- <laughs> he's absolutely shite. And now he's not allowed to go to Dundee versus Partick Thistle or something. <laughs> It's like, wow, this, this is this is your... He thinks this is great because it gives him, like... Oh, yeah. yeah he's, kudos, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he thinks it's he's, like, oh, I'm part of it now, I'm part of it. Yeah, he says, like, his, like, presence would rile up supporters. Yeah. <laughs> what? <It's> like, <laughs> oh, well... The Dundee Utility Crew, which is emerging that he can't get his head around, as we've already maybe discussed. The, maybe so, the, the away fans might have recognised him from Pinter. Or maybe they did. <laughs> They'd all gone to see his two-ring show. <laughs> That's it, uh, yeah. 
I'm sorry, but utility crew is <laughs> just yeah, sounds yeah. terrible. Sounds, sounds like a good <laughs> utility yeah. crew. Sounds like they're going to provide my gas and electric. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Uh, uh, well, well, that brings us an end to episode three, and it merely <laughs> wets the appetite of what to come next. Oh boy! Danny exits the episode by slipping through the long grass and yes. going back down south. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but. These, don't don't you worry there, dear listener, because there's plenty to come. Because Danny's got a few more stops on his tour, and he's got, he's got Yorkshire, and of course England away, <laughs> still <laughs> which got, will feature Stephen Goldsmith. Well. <laughs> oh, and so yes, Yorkshire, the Midlands, and uh, England away. So uh, the dogs barking already. The police the dogs, dogs, the dogs are, are barking. The, the thought of England away. <laughs> the dogs just asking Stephen for my, Goldsmith. making sure I hand my passport in before I watch England away. <laughs> Stephen Goldsmith uh, away. <laughs> Any, anyway, and, uh, if, anyone, if anyone wants to watch all these, they're all available on YouTube. Just type in Danny Dyer's Real Football Factories. And they're hmm. all, uh, especially episode one is actually taped off the t- As if someone's oh, held horrible. a camera yeah, to the really TV. Yeah. Episode one. yeah. You anyway. feel drunk watching it. It's minging. <laughs> well, until until we deliver part two, thank you for listening to the Wise Men Say AV Club. Uh, uh, look after yourselves, fuck the mags, and Donald out. Thanks for listening. <laughs>